You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello and welcome to another episode of Tental Places, a theater podcast. My name is Aaliyah Gardner and I am your host. Today is an incredibly special episode because I have gotten none other than Rachel Covey to sit down and chat with me today. She is an actress, a composer. She does, She's done theater. She has done film, TV, um, and we really delve into how she got involved in one of my all-time favorite movies, Enchanted by Disney because she was none other than the little girl, the lead little girl, Morgan, in Enchanted, working alongside Patrick Dempsey, Amy Adams, Idina Menzel, and all of these other amazing, incredibly talented people that I grew up watching, and they have really inspired me to want to go towards uh, this path on the arts and getting involved in the industry. And I, no kidding, was obsessed with Rachel in this movie because uh, Enchanted was the very first movie that I saw that was live action in the movie theater. So when I saw this little girl who was so prominent in the movie and she had all these lines and she was doing all of these things, I was so like inspired immediately and thought to myself, I want to do that. I can do that. So that brought me to calling all of those Disney Channel, like, do you want to be a movie star? Like type of phone numbers and all of these different journeys and paths that I've tried to take to be able to make it in this industry and um, leave my footprint. So I just want to say thank you so, so much to Rachel from the bottom of my heart and soul for jumping on this episode with me. It really means the world to me and I am fulfilling my childhood dreams right now. So I will not chat any longer. I'm going to just go ahead and jump into the interview. I hope that you enjoy. Please follow us on Instagram at Tental Places Podcast and at Aaliyah underscore Gardner. Thank you so much. And I hope that you enjoy this episode on stage, on set, and everything in between. Enjoy. Hi, Rachel. How are you? All right. How about you? I'm doing super duper well. Thank you so much for agreeing to do this. What's been going on with you? And tell the listeners, uh, for those of you who do not know who she is, like, you know, Rachel, just tell them who you are, what you do, what you're all about. Cool. Thank you so much for having me. Um, My name is Rachel. I started off as an actor and I've, I've had some really fun experiences as a kid, I was Morgan in Enchanted, which is probably the one that I know we were excited to talk about. Um, I, but I've I, had <laughs> experiences too. And then the last couple of years, I've shifted my focus to writing and composing. Oh, nice. and I've had some cool opportunities to see my work at Nymph and at Tuacon Theater. And um, yeah, so it's. I feel like I've I'm excited to talk about both sides of that with you. Yes, I am excited. So first of all, I get really nervous, uh, like easily. So I'm sweaty, but like my hands are sweaty because 
you have no idea. I looked up to you as a kid when I saw Enchanted for the first time in the theater because you were the kid. You were um, Morgan in Enchanted. And for those of you who do not know what Enchanted is, get hip. Are you kidding? <laughs> like, it's one of the most amazing underrated Disney movies out there. Amy, Ad like, star-studded cast. Amy Adams, like, Patrick Dempsey, James, Mar James Marsden, Idina Menzel. Are you serious? <laughs> like, oh Lord. But I watched the movie and you were the first like child star that I saw like in theaters for the first time. And when I saw you, you were like my inspiration. I'm not, I'm, I shit you not. I'm not kidding. Cause I, I saw you and I was like, oh, I can, I can do that. Oh my God. I can do that. I can do that. So it just made me so excited when you reached out. And then I saw, I was like, okay, let me see what she's done. And I saw that and I was like, no way, no way. And then I Googled it and I called my mom because she knows about the obsession too. Like it was a whole thing. So sorry, I'm like really gassing you up right now. But like, it was it was so exciting that you agreed to do this. But I would love to just chat about Enchanted. Like, how did you, how did you get involved with Enchanted? How did you even get into the room and oh all of that? God. This has been a very, very long time since I chatted about mm -hmm. Enchanted. Um, I bet. Well, as a little kid, like four or five, I mm -hmm. wanted to be an actor so badly. And my parents said, absolutely not. <laughs> um, we know <laughs> what that world is like. And yeah. we won't inflict that on our child. So I begged and begged mm -hmm. and heard definitive no's from both of them. Mm -hmm. And then just, I feel like everybody has like their fluke miracle. Mm -hmm. I guess my mom was taking me to like a baby class and there was a flyer for, <laughs> they were like looking for a kid for a movie. Uh -huh. she was like, okay, okay, I'll, I'll let her do this one thing. And from there, I think I booked the part and then they didn't end up doing the movie. They did it later with Elle Fanning. What? And there I was lucky enough to get signed with an agent who sent me out for Enchanted a couple of years later. Nice. That's awesome. Oh my goodness. And what was that experience like? Because I mean, you have like Amy Adams, like Edina Menzel, all of these people on set that you're working closely with that's been in the industry, done this for years and years. Like, what was that like getting into that and just being so new to the industry? I didn't, I did not know who any of them <laughs> were. Like, I had yeah. a Grey's Anatomy. I was eight. Mm -hmm. Um, except for Idina Menzel. I had seen Wicked and it was the only thing I cared about in the world. I don't think I could be in a room with her without peeing myself a little bit. <laughs> with her. I think if you if you watch for it, you can tell. Uh -huh. There's like tiny hearts in my eyes every time oh, you watch that. She's so wonderful. And she oh was so, God. so kind. Really, everybody was so sweet and, and made it such a magical, fun, special experience for me as a little kid who hardcore believed in magic that's so awesome I love I'm, I'm just gush this whole podcast is just gonna be me gushing over <laughs> over you and just over everything in general but like I I looked up the red carpet because I wanted to see like if you were able to go I you have the cutest little pink dress and it is so adorable you look adorable like what what was that like like walking the carpet like you're starring in a movie and everything like walk me through that how was that day for you? You know, it was a it was a lot like every part of that experience, and that it was so fun for me as a little kid who really didn't have much of a concept for its significance in the world. Yeah, like I knew it was a special day, and and this and that, but I wasn't ever 
probably I was never as nervous as I should have been because I never really understood like, yeah, like the weight, the weight of the situation. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But I, um, I think I got a special exemption. Like I got to take a plus two because both my parents wanted to go. Yes. You better bring those parents. Those are awesome parents. They finally caved. <laughs> yeah, seriously. No, that's excellent. I love it. And I just, I loved you. I loved you in the movie and I thought that you did amazing. And honestly, oh like you, childhood dream. I'm not, I, that's why I was so shocked when, uh, cause uh, for those of you who do not know, we are both in the uh, empowered artist collective. You're going to be hearing a lot of wonderful wonderful women hopping on the episodes um, to chat with me about the collective and what they're doing. We met through the collective um, from Elise and Jennifer, but I had no, you downplay everything like so much. I'm not kidding. Like you said, you sent me an email and you said, yeah, like, I don't know. Like I could talk about my, my journey. Maybe, I don't know. I have some pretty cool stuff. And I said, okay, cute and quirky. Let's do it. (laughs) (laughs) Like, oh my gosh. But I guess like from, from there with that project and everything was, was there anything immediately afterwards or was there like a gap of time? Like how did that shift from doing like such this, this major motion picture to like whatever next project, what was next for you? Uh, well, as it happened, the movie came out right alongside the huge writer's strike. I want to say 2007. Mm-hmm. Um, I know exactly what you're talking about. So I'd love to say, yes, I would have, <laughs> I would have just done the next big film. Who really knows? But I have a little brother and my parents, it was really, really important to them that like I had a normal childhood and that he had a normal childhood. So mm-hmm. they weren't going to let me go out for anything like that required much of a commute, you know, and in hindsight, I, I really am very grateful for that because you only get one shot at yeah you can only be a little kid so much like especially when you're working in an environment like that it's professional no matter what the little eight-year-old nine-year-old mind may think so I mean uh honestly your parents did a did great I feel like you're you're perfectly fine you you seem normal so that is good (laughs) (laughs) it means a lot coming from you (laughs) I continued auditioning from there and I I got to have a a couple really really exciting experiences Mm -hmm. um doing a lot of developmental workshops of shows that that have later gone to to other stages around the country um and I briefly (laughs) in high school I got to understudy the lead in a musical spectacular at Radio City. Oh. Famously got shut down five days before previews. No way. <laughs> I had like the, I got to leave school. I was like, see you later. <laughs> and then a couple months I was back <laughs> because it all, they pulled the plug on it. Oh no. Yeah. You know, that's so, that's so funny. Nobody really talks about that, but like there's so much work for artists out in the world, but no matter what, and if there's no funding or if there's no like money, if there's no people, shit gets shut down. Sorry, I cuss sometimes. So like, like it gets shut down and sometimes we'll have to like try to maneuver from there. So like those who are listening, if you want to do this, like just be prepared. Some of your dreams may get kind of thrown into a bus and like drove to Manhattan or something. Mm -hmm. I don't know what that analogy was. Well, no, it was an interesting experience because I was I was the only minor. I was, mm-hmm. for all intents and purposes, the only kid in a room full of 70 people, like 70 Rockettes and producers and this and that. And 
and it, it really opened my eyes to like how many lives are involved like how much happens behind the scenes how many people are are, are there making that magic happen yeah and what it means to to step away from a project like that and see everyone return to their lives like blend back in with the crowd you don't know if, like that barista is also raquette at night oh <laughs> i know it's like almost like hannah montana like double life like it's crazy and that's really that's really how it be because i mean that's how you really uh, portrayed yourself, in my opinion. I feel very deceived by you, honestly. <laughs> I was shocked. But um, I guess, like, with... So you had that, and that got canceled and everything. And, I mean, after that, were you just, like, trying to focus on your education, like, at graduating and going from there? How old are you now? So I actually just graduated college in June. Oh, I nice. just finished up at Northwestern with my theater degree in this oh, world. Congratulations. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, that was another thing, too. I, I had finished school, finished high school. Mm-hmm. Um, then I was in Chicago for the last four years. Um, I have got to, I've got to do 30 rock. I got to do, what would you yeah. do? Cool stuff. Yes. So, what would you do? I, love <laughs> I would binge those episodes. Be like, oh, oh my God. God, what would I do? I don't know. I don't know what I would do. That's <laughs> the worst part of it. <laughs> but the, the, the common theme I think throughout my life thus far has been like, I am so grateful to have had the opportunities I've had and also to, to grow up and be a person alongside those and I, all this time, I'm like, great. Then I graduate college. I'm going to burst onto the scene. Yeah. And we had a pandemic graduation. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, how was that like? Because I know I, I'm 21. So I like just oh, missed the, right. uh, like I just missed the, uh, the whole like pandemic education, like system and everything. My boyfriend just barely missed it too. So like, what was it like graduating and trying to finish this during all of this craziness going on? All right. I mean, I gave myself enough of a pity party. <sighs> also, we, we all thought it was going to be over. Yeah. So I was like, we got the worst deal. And then now my brother is a freshman playing jazz, like behind a plexiglass. <laughs> I'm like, okay, okay, okay. People are dying. You know, I'm, I'm lucky to have had my Zoom Shakespeare class. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and hey, there's no there's no shame in in whining and complaining every now and again. Oh my gosh, I have my days all the time. <laughs> like it's gotten a lot better. Yeah, don't get me wrong, but like there are some days where I'm just like, when can we go back to the theater? I'm so sick of wearing a face shield, trying to sing and a mask, and it's just it's crazy. But I mean safety first and and once we get safe and everything then we can come back and do more things like this and sit down with each other have coffee and oh, I can only chat. like honestly I'm, I'm praying honestly but you know people don't know how to how to act right mm-hmm. and mm-hmm, i'm not even gonna jump in there but yeah, <laughs> i'm not i'm not trying to hurt anybody's feelings Ooh, but like <laughs> but no like i that's awesome well congratulations you're fresh you're like but i mean now is a really awesome time especially because of this pandemic and everything you can kind of like adjust and get situated in what you want to do once this all of this blows over and how you're going to like maneuver there and you mentioned composing and all in your music and everything chat about that what's up with that ah, yes I sometimes I think I caused this because I 
I like screamed out to the heavens. I have no time to write. To write. What you wish for? Yeah. Um, I just don't know where to begin. I had I was working on one musical for about seven years, uh, painting face Alves. We had a reading at Nymph and um, the library, the public theater in New York, which was like my dream come true, and to a con theater in Utah. That is the story of the family and friends of a girl who's been missing for three years and an artist who promises to capture her truthfully in a family portrait through interviewing all her family and loved ones throughout the course of a day. Oh, wow. That was my, my first project. That was your first project? Are you kidding? Yeah, yeah. What? I mean, it. I think it t- took me seven years to get to the draft I'm at because it was seven years of figuring out how to write a, a musical. Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, SI, and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Um, and then from there, I started working on my, my newer piece, Noise, which, um, let's see if I can do this in one, one attempt. <laughs> a doctor uh, who crosses a series of lines in order to keep a young man involved in a study that she's conducting on a college campus, which focuses on young adults with family histories of bipolar disorder, alongside uh, a friendship between two college students that takes a bitter turn. As these narratives start to echo one another and parallel each other in these strange ways, they bring up questions of the, about the pieces of our pasts that we unwittingly carry into our futures. And hopefully, I hope it brings up some questions about fate and free will through the lens of modern predictive medicine. Wow. That's my speech. Yes, she did it. Woohoo! <laughs> no, that sounds amazing. And with such elaborate concepts like those, like where do you come up with your inspiration? Like where, where do you start in terms of like, okay, I'm going to sit down, I'm going to write. And do you write first and then go towards music and start plucking out some things on the, on the piano? Like, like what's your process? Yeah. Well, I feel like I'm always meeting people who are just exploding with new ideas for stories all the time. And I'm not one of those people. <laughs> it takes me a really long time to like cook up something that I, I even feel right pursuing. Right. Um, yeah, no, I'm definitely words first. Um, I definitely, I, I, I start with the book and the lyrics and then I've, I've played piano for 13 or 14 years. Um, it's, I'm, I am so baffled by people who can work in any other direction than, really? than words first, yeah. Oh, wow. Do you, uh, like, what? where do you find your sound? Because I know there's, like, it's so many different types of musicals, like Mean Girls is rock, like, Jesus Christ Superstar, like, rock, rock opera, like... Um, a light in the piazza, very like classical, like classic music, very old timey feel. Like, what's your, what is your sound like as a composer? Because like, we got the Jason Robert Browns of the world that are doing like the John and Jens, the last five years. All of it, it all has a very similar like sound. Like, what is, what's Rachel's sound? Oh my god! <laughs> for actually, for a while, I told people Jason Robert Brown wannabe 
<laughs> you mean contemporary? No kidding. Oh my God. <laughs> in writing and focusing on just the one, the first musical painting, Face Alva's, I was like, oh, so my sound is this like really kind of flowy, like in and out of speaking. People only sing something that they would say. That's never more heightened than that. And then now music functions really differently in this other piece. Um, still very much in that contemporary place, but I think it says the things that the people don't know or wouldn't say, and that that's a super different way to use that device, I, I feel. Yeah. Nice throat answers that I am still still discovering. Yeah. And hey, I mean, you're still, you're so young. Like you have so much time to like adjust and like uh, develop and not even develop. You're there. I'm, I'm thinking you're there, but like, uh, and just uh, what's the word evolve over the years and everything and develop what, what is Rachel's sound rather than like a wannabe girl. You're no wannabe. I want to be Rachel Covey. Like, <laughs> oh my God, like no. but like it's it's just so that's I find that so amazing and like when you're a performer too like you've done stage and everything and um I saw in your resume you did like Annie and like other miscellaneous shows what how do you like switch back and forth between like trying to be like the one portraying the art rather than the one creating the art no it's it's so interesting you asked that I I think for a long time, there were just very different parts of my brain to me. Mm-hmm. And I almost wouldn't want to tell people in a writing circle that I was an actor first because I'd be like, oh, they, they think I'm not serious about writing and, and vice versa. Mm-hmm. I think we kind of, we have an idea of like multi-hyphenates, but really if you're very serious about the one thing, that should be your only thing. Mm-hmm. And it occurred to me recently that it's very much the same part of my brain. Uh, like I think actors know like they know how to express what they feel. They know how to take on different people's voices. They know how a character would react in a circumstance and wouldn't. And I think that like empathy part of the brain is often the part that writes for those actor writer duos. Yeah. Well said. No, I agree. Cause it's very like, I, I feel like it's once you've been doing this for, for as long as like, I mean, like I've been doing it for years. You've been doing it since a kid, like, um, both honestly both of us since a little kid but you're way more ahead than I am in my opinion but don't you shake your head (laughs) no like you y'all can't see her but she she's so humble honestly it's it's crazy but like it's as a little kid like I don't know always wanting to perform just automatically like knowing you know like it's almost like when you know you know you know does that does that make any sense I don't for me also it's it's been an interesting realization lately that I think I think for a lot of actors, it's like, I want to act. I want to like be on stage. I want to be doing that Mm -hmm. job so badly. Mm -hmm. And I think there are also actors who feel really passionate about storytelling, telling a story and whatever way you function in, in that machine, whether you're on stage or whether you're orchestrating it, that is, that is the magic of theater for, for you. Yeah, I agree. That's awesome. Oh, I'm so giddy right now. I'm having so much fun. I I guess I also wanted to know, like, in terms of the composing and like, because I, I I don't know. It's so I, it's so elaborate to me the the whole process of like composing a whole musical and everything from beginning to end. Do you 
do you start with a concept and just kind of run with it? Or do you have, have in your head, okay, I want this to start this way. I want this to end this way. And let's just put the sandwich meat in there and try to fill in the blanks. Like what, how do you, how do you go with that when you're writing? First of all, I'm going to forever call everything in a musical sandwich meat. (laughs) Yes. Take it. (laughs) I, I, so one of my, my minor in at school was playwriting. And I feel like we learn a lot about like how to write and the, what tools are at our disposal. Mm-hmm. And I am feeling these days like I, I have such a hard time with structure and I need it so badly. So the first couple months of working on my newer piece, Noise, um, was really just like I, I wouldn't put a word on, on paper until I knew like what, mm-hmm. what goes where and. I, I feel like if, if I know what needs to happen in a scene, I could write 10 versions of it. But until then, I'm just kind of paralyzed. Mm-hmm. So I start with a, like a, some sort of a, a roadmap. And of course, 100% of it will change by the end. Mm-hmm. That's uh, not usually how it goes. Yeah. Like, oh, I wasn't feeling that anyways. It's <laughs> and it's kind of scary too. Like, yeah. I, I think I'll try and think about it so much so that I can not have that terrible first draft and come into it with like, a first and a half draft, <laughs> in the yeah. draft and it's unavoidable. Like everything in that first draft will be, be garbage coming to terms. I'm telling you, but I'm really telling me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just straight garbage. Nobody take it. No, look at it. And when, when do you know that you're done with, with a piece? Like when do you, do you find yourself continuously like going back and trying to adjust or like, do you, you're like, okay, I'm done, hands off. We're not dealing with that anymore. It's it's fine the way that it is. I mean, it's fine as an artist can view their work because, you know, we're all our own biggest critics and everything. Interesting. I, I don't think I've ever really finished. A, like I, I kind of talk about Painting Face Alves as something I wrote, but it is not done. Mm-hmm. And I think I thought I could have two plates spinning at once, writing these two pieces side by side, and I'm realizing... <laughs> That's not how this one works <laughs> in this here brain. Um, so definitely it's it's been a, a learning process for me of putting something down, mm-hmm. picking up something else, like returning to project A. I really, really admire those artists who can be have their hands in like six or seven different pies, if mm-hmm. that's the expression. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, I love that too. Like, oh man, I can't. I see you're you're like me like I can't focus my attention on many things at once like I have to I find myself doing that and then it it messes up the process and everything so I really have to fight focus on one thing okay and we're done for the day let's move on to this thing like I messed around and started a podcast Yes, and then, <laughs> like I was born, I said, let's mess around and start a podcast. And then all of a sudden I'm on a network and all of a sudden I'm on getting all these people and I'm like, whoa, whoa, what's, whoa, 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 what's happening? Can I go back to like, you know, trying to learn new songs for my book or, yes. or <laughs> you we need you here. <laughs> Oh my gosh. But no, seriously, it's, it's so, it's so interesting. Like the processes are so different for so many different types of people. And it's so, it's difficult to kind of find people that need to focus on one and then kind of pick up and move, like focus your attention on the next thing. And then the next thing, do you, you kind of just let it go organically or do you kind of just have like, do you have your own 
your own version of a structure, like when you approach writing or even music or anything like that? Do you mean like, do you mean with a whole project or with? Yeah, sure. With like a whole, like with a whole project, with your first project in particular. Oh God. Yeah. I just feel like this is the question I'm constantly asking other people. (laughs) I feel like such an absolute sham. (laughs) Um, I mean, I think if you're lucky enough to hear it read aloud, I, I've had a couple opportunities to see actors like inhabit a space that only existed in my head. And it's the craziest, craziest feeling. And I always leave a reading, any sort of opportunity to hear it read out loud with just, there's so much to do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you, you learn so, so much. That's why I'm constantly like sliding pizza under the door of after I know it's saying, will you please, please read this? Um, yeah, I, I feel like it goes like you have it read, you go back to the drawing board. You have that version read, you go back to the drawing board. Mm-hmm. And if you ever hear it read and you don't feel an existential need to like chloroform everyone who just heard that draft because it all needs to be changed and thrown away and you can't never let that be seen, <laughs> then maybe you're approaching a done ish place. I love that analogy. Thanks. <laughs> no, that no, I completely, I completely understand. And I mean, a lot of the listeners on here are, are like a lot of younger kids, maybe like high school, high school equivalent, like young artists and everything. What, what would you say to the people who are listening that may want to try to approach um, a project, anything, whether that be acting, stage, um, writing, composing, anything, what would be your advice considering like what you've achieved by a simple, I mean, as simple as an ask or uh, as simple as just what could happen, you know, like, why not? What, what would you say to people who need that kind of advice? I feel like this is advice I don't take very well. So again, I'm a absolute fraud for saying oh, it. Oh, please. No, it's fine. I, I'm always like, oh my God, everybody's so beautiful and wonderful. And I look at myself and I'm like, "That? Tr- what is that? What it's is that? It's unacceptable how we talk to us. Someone else spoke to me the way I speak to myself. <laughs> I think the, the advice I would give is that people more often than not are not just like willing to help you, but excited to help mm-hmm. Like anyone who's ever been remotely where you are like probably had someone help them out Um, for me it's been like actors and directors and dramaturgs and music directors that I had no business emailing but a lot of them have if if not given me some really wonderful advice and actually agreed to work with me Mm -hmm. like direct my piece act in my piece I think that as a writer it's like there are actors who will read your piece as an actor like there are friends who will sit and you know read your lines with you there are other actors who've been in that place and like will help you format your resume whatever it is Mm -hmm. um yeah I think people are are touched by the fact that you asked them a lot of the time yeah honestly and I mean it's it's so difficult to get I'm I mean I'm an independent person by heart by like my heart and soul is just I I got this you know so anytime that I need I find myself like okay maybe I need to get somebody else on this project or maybe I need to oh like ask somebody for help like god forbid it's always so difficult but the funny thing is 
it's it's our own like fears that really get in the way of that. So the simple ask and then sure. Yeah, why not? Oh, oh, you actually want to? Okay. Sure, let's do it. So yeah, all it takes is an ask. And I mean, hey, you asked me to be on the show and here you are. Ask for people to to be on it. (laughs) I asked for people to be on it and you asked me to ask to be on the show. Like that's all it takes. Worst that can happen is someone will say no. Sometimes I go even I'm like the crazy. What would be crazy? Like the worst that could happen is like they think I'm crazy for asking and like so presumptuous and like they hate me like okay well mm-hmm. probably don't want to be working with someone like that mm-hmm. anyway. you just you move on and yeah i love it. it working out right now i know <laughs> and i'm elated thank you so much for coming on it means the absolute world to me and like i said like i i'm living my childhood like dream right now i literally looked up to you as a kid I was obsessed with you and I was like oh my god she's so awesome but where can where can the listeners find you and what can they expect uh to see from you in terms of like any art coming out anything that you're working on uh this is your moment to just plug and go off about Rachel I hate it I hate it I'm putting you on the spot go ahead and brag about yourself I've done enough of that for 30 minutes I mean, I put demos on my website and then I panic and take them down. So check at just the very right moment, you might catch some music on my website. It's rachelcovey.com. I'm sure it'll be spelled somewhere where it's written. Um, And any art coming out? I know I just got to share some work with the Alan and Gray Musical Festival. Had a online concert cabaret type of thing. Um, Beautiful actors sing my songs and I like just sweat in my kitchen for that hour (laughs) that out alan and gray wherever their pages are Mm -hmm. yeah uh thank you so much for having me what the heck this yes i hope to see you in real life oh my god please of course honestly i mean at some point i feel like once this pandemic is over the collective has to do like a like a a trip or a a get together a mix and mingle whatever the u.s like goes to visit each international member yes. <laughs> in a van or something. All right, we're starting the GoFundMe now so that we can start traveling. <laughs> Help meet each other, please. <laughs> but yes, thank you so, so, so much for jumping on. Um, let me find, what was your Instagram? Or can they find you on social media? Well, my Instagram is useless. It has pictures of trees and buildings and none of you <laughs> by all means. Hey, heck yeah. <laughs> Hey underscore Covey. Um, Facebook, I'm Ray Covey. Um, you, there's like a contact me through my website. If anyone is listening to this and was like, I'll ask her to look at my work, please. <gasps> oh, yes, please. All, hey guys, all it takes is an ask. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you again for hopping on and uh, thank you all for listening. And um, please follow Rachel and support her. She's lovely. And uh, yeah, we will catch you in the next episode. Have a great day. And we hope to see you lovely faces very, very soon. Goodbye. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work 
or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R E R I S E T H E A T R E dot org, because only together we rise. With everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in business into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu.